Hobby Addict の時間です It's time for Hobby Addict And now here are your anime addicts Welcome everybody to Hobby Addicts episode number 275 That's 11 quarters And I am joined by the fantastic Mason. He's getting ready to get smashed by a storm. How's the weather there, Mason? It's actually has died down quite a bit. I'm over in Connecticut, which is right in the path of Hurricane Henry, which has made landfall a couple hours ago and is heading in my direction. So it was stormy and blustery a little while ago. It's like I said, died down a bit and I'm just hoping my power survives. Is it really a hurricane still? Uh, I think it's been like downgraded to tropical storm. Yeah. But Hurricane Hendry uh, <laughs> rolls off the tongue a lot better. It does. We also have Caroline. Caroline, how are you? And did you get any bad weather? Um, in the middle of a bit of rain. It's basically been cloudy all day. Had a bit of rain this morning, been stopped, and now it's back. So, yeah, it's probably going to be like this for the rest of the day and also tomorrow. So, it's. Fine though, it's nothing too bad. What are the chances that you're gonna have meatballs for dinner? Oh, will it rain meatballs? Um, I would say zero. But why do you ask? <laughs> the the movie. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Oh, no, we don't. We're not having meatballs. Oh, tonight. I like meatballs a lot. That's <laughs> some good shit. Oh, I'm getting hungry. Okay, well, welcome to Hobby Addicts, guys. We have a crazy, weird mishmash of just whatever today. I platted I platinum Sekiro finally, and I'm working on doing somewhat of a platinum trophy cleanup. I thought rather than buy more games, I would just go through and get platinum trophies on the ones that I was close on. I watched a few movies as well. Maybe we'll talk about those. Caroline did some yoga. She's gonna talk about some yoginess, some crunchiness, and uh, Mason's got more books. This man, he just reads and reads and reads. And、uh, Caroline's going to tell us about all the porn that she cleaned out of her computer because that's,、uh, that's what you do. No, that's not what I was doing. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. Okay, well, let me get started here because video games are the most relevant thing, probably.、Um, Mason, I finally did it. I platinum Sekiro. It really sucked. <laughs> that grind、Congrats. at the end was bad. So. Yeah, just, just getting the experience points and getting all the arts. Yeah. For those of you that haven't done this in Sekiro, the last skill point is 105,000 experience. So, and、um, when you start the game, it's like, you know, 300 or something. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous. So,、uh, just know that you have a long grind ahead of you to get, to get that platinum trophy. It's my 29th platinum trophy on PlayStation. So, I'm happy about that. And I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing a platinum trophy cleanup. So, I went through my list and. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to spend any money. So, I, so I,、uh, I was looking at games where I was really close. And so I'm working on the Mega Man X collection. I'm at, I'm at 90% on that. And just like going through,、um, Children of Zodiacs is like a really mediocre game, like a super mediocre turn based RPG strategy game that I might re download because I'm, I'm at like 80% on that. And、uh, Bloodstained, Bloodstained, it has like a couple of really grindy trophies. That I'm going to take a look at again, but I'm at like 80% on that one and a couple others. So 
we'll see. I might go back and do a few, a few of these before I buy anything new. But I gotta ask, um, Caroline, do you do you play PlayStation? Do you have a PlayStation? I do not. Um, I kind of wish I had one, but I don't really want to spend too much money on a game console and not know how much I'm going to use it. I have a Switch for yeah. now, and that's that's good enough for me. <laughs> Mason, do you care about trophies? I, it's, Pancake always looks at me and says, "Like you're." She just looks at me like with like this view of I'm a for, I'm a total complete moron for even caring. But what is your take on trophies? I do not actively go after them. I I mean I think this stems from the very beginning. You tend to look up how to get through games from the very beginning. You're kind of inundated with the technical aspects around the game, whereas I try to jump in more blind. Mm-hmm. So if I'm close. After I'm like near the end of the game, I will try to sweep up some easy stuff, but I, so I guess I'm aware of it to some extent, but I definitely am not like, I will put in another five hours of this game just to get a couple trophies. And I think that's helped by the fact that I don't, yeah, well that game, I just was enjoying it. So it was an excuse to keep on playing it. But if it's a game, I wouldn't want to continue otherwise. Like Neo, I got the platinum for but it's because i wanted to keep on playing it and that gave me a good reason to oh, i got you but i think by i don't have a massive gaming like collection i think by like having a limited collection i'm like less inclined to compete for trophies because i'm like oh i'd rather just replay these games so maybe that's numbed me for it and i will say about the grind for sekiro like because you did the the save methods where you just kind of yeah, I cheated. went back in time. Like, when, if you play it the right way, or you play through the game multiple times, uh, the experience increases on each new game plus. So yeah. it kind of eliminates that grind. But because of this, anyway. So that's my two cents. I, I doubt it, Mason, because I basically just ran past all the enemies and went straight to the bosses and killed the bosses and then just kept running past the enemies. So, you know. If you're like me and you're just kind of speeding through, speed rushing through the game, like I think I got to Genichiro in like under an hour. You know, I was just kind of just running through all the. I wasn't really playing the game as much as I was just beelining to the middle point again. So yeah, I wasn't going to get any experience points off those enemies, no matter no matter what, what <laughs> no matter how how many times I cleared it. But um, I saw that Hades came out on PS4. Have you played Hades? I have. It's a very fun game. Is it, I'm wondering if that's worth getting because uh, I know Mandy obviously was huge on it when it came out, and it is definitely. I mean, I will say it has a great soundtrack and story, which you will not care about, Mitz. You will just smash that X button through all that dialogue. But uh, I think it depends, even really. If, if if it's just idiotic shit, then I probably won't read it. But you know, if it's I mean interesting. It's good, but it requires a lot of reading, and it requires you to read all of it. It's like one cohesive thing. So if you just decide to start reading here and there, it won't be satisfying. And it's you have to read between every run. So if you are like, oh, I just want to keep on playing, like you have to stop and read, which might not be... Like, I don't see you stopping to read it, but I would say even like the great story, like divorced from it, um, it's a, just a really good roguelike game that is very gratifying and nice and snappy. So I'd say, how much is it going for? Like 20 bucks? It's 25 bucks on PSN, which is a lot less than I thought. I just checked it, and that's 
making a much stronger case for me to buy it because that's a that's a everything's more expensive on PlayStation it seems like so I'm uh, yeah pretty that's a I'd say, solid price I'd say twenty five dollars is worth it it'll give you a lot of content and it's pretty fun uh, but I wonder how hard the platinum trophy is <laughs> I have to look I, that up. yeah see I wouldn't know I I played Hades I I beat it a couple times and I'm like I don't really feel like playing anymore and because I was playing on you know like a switch that doesn't have the same trophy scheme i was just like yeah i'm done and maybe if i had the platinum dangling in front of me i would keep on going for it but it'd probably be uh are you looking up like right now like yeah time to platinum yeah i saw a um i'm, I'm gonna look it up here but i saw I, I i looked up the trophies before and the it it said that it requires <clears throat> Oh man, I gotta look it up. A lot of a lot of like runs through the game, but mm-hmm. I think they I think they had it broken down into like into a certain number of rooms that you had to clear or something. So mm-hmm. it's it's definitely not a difficult game. Like you can either be good at it or you can just keep on chipping away until you gain the experience and powers you need yeah. to plot away. And it's one of those games where if you are good enough. I still think like you require the experience and like buffs to progress anywhere. So I'd say it's it's that sweet spot of skill and just, you know, grinding away, chipping, and you'll get there one day. So it says you have to do approximately 80 playthroughs worth of encounters cumulatively. Um, <clears throat> doesn't mean successfully escaping 80, 80 times, just the t- total amount of rooms you must finish and roughly equal to the number of rooms you'd see over 80 full playthroughs 1900 enemy rooms yeah that's that sounds about right but that's just to yeah. get out to escape hell but not to see everything gotcha and then it looks like the the rare the rarest trophy on according to playstation profiles is the and granted this game i think came out on playstation not long ago but it's get every companion so i i have no context for how hard that is to do but only two percent of players have that so it's it's not easy. I mean, it just it takes time. Nothing is impossible. It just is going to be a lot of runs. So I'd well, say you'll have fun with it. All right. Well, let's move on from me because you know I don't want to talk the whole time. So Caroline did some yoga. Hmm. Yeah. What was I mean, that not like? too much. It's just that I really did not do all that much this week, and one of the only things that I did uh, that would be somewhat interesting is that I did yoga like two or three times. <laughs> Good for you. So, yeah, I mean, it it's, certainly is needed because I have not really worked out in recent times, and I do need to, you know, loosen up a little bit and actually stretch, and that's basically all that yoga is, is stretching everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and, and honestly... I always get frustrated with yoga because depending on who you watch, uh, to, or like different YouTubers and all that, it's so sometimes it can get really frustrating when uh, you're watching somebody do all this amazing stuff. Like, wow, they can fold themselves in half just like that, and it gets very discouraging because you can't even touch your toes, or I can't even touch my toes. Um, and then they'll keep on spouting out nonsense that, you know, Indian words that, or sorry, uh, you know, just words about yoga stances and Shavasana. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's stuff like that where it's so 
overwhelming with all their talking about these random words you don't know the meanings of, and it gets distracting. Uh, and thankfully, there is one YouTuber that I really enjoy watching, and that's Yoga with Adrian, and she is very calming presence, and she makes it. She makes sure that you know that you just do whatever feels good for you. And if you can't touch your toes, don't touch your toes. Touch your calves. Touch your thighs. Right, right. Just do some, like the the bare extent of what you can do. Don't push it. And also be like, oh, if you need to take a break, take a break. She also has this dog. I was going <laughs> to say, so the dog is so adorable. He is so cute. And the best part of it is, is that sometimes he's just in the background while she's doing her yoga and he's just napping on the floor. <laughs> it's as if that the whole calming experience of yoga is translated to this dog as nap time. I love it. The best is when her dog gets in the way. She'll be like you know, doing a stretch and she's like, oh, extend your hands out to the right. And her dog will be there and she'll be like, or to your dog's paw and like just start yeah. petting him. And, oh, <laughs> yeah. She's you definitely need to find the right yoga person for you. That is like the right tempo, the right level of difficulty, the right level of like understanding and able to explain the moves without you having to like try to watch them all the time. And yeah. I think she's a great beginner one. Yeah, exactly. Because like, I am definitely not doing the hardest of what yoga has to offer. It, it definitely is like, oh, I'm getting some really good stretches in, but I am probably not, you know, uh, getting the what I could do at the gym with running or lifting weights or that kind of stuff, this is not a quait because it is not as intense. But if you just don't feel like going to the gym or you just feel like, I honestly don't even know what the bare minimum is for today. If this is it, then that's good, you know? Uh, so yeah, I've done that. I did a bit today and I did a bit on Friday too. And so I'm trying to see if I can maybe make this a regular thing, but uh, I always get on a bandwagon and then I jump off after a week or two. So we'll see. With the, we'll we'll see. I find um, that, but yeah, not that I'm suggesting everything works for everybody, but uh, I always found that like giving myself a reward, you know, is a, is a good way to stick with it long enough until it becomes like fully routine. I'm like a very routine person, so. I can do like something one time and it becomes a routine. Like if I stop at a grocery at like a gas station to get a coffee on the way to work, I'll I'll just start stopping there every day. It's weird, um, but not everybody's like that. But sometimes giving yourself like a reward is not, is a good way to, you know. Yeah. What do they say? Two weeks is what you need to make it a routine. I don't know. I think it's different for everybody. You know. So. True. It's like it's I also said, hard with like changing schedules because I have my normal job and then I also have this uh, side job that I'm helping out with every now and then. Um, and that, it, it just, it changes every week what day I go in to help out with that. So having a very uh, routine schedule helps, but when you have like, oh, this week I'm working Monday, Wednesday, Friday, this week I'm working Tuesday, Thursday, that kind of thing. So it's, it's hard to like Pick that one day, pick that one time, get to it. <laughs> I'd say try to just like tack it on to your other routine. Like do it every time you come back from your main job. Like no matter if that main job varies from day to day, like say, you know, the first 30 minutes after I get off of work, that's my yoga time. And that's mm. what I do. And like just try to glue it on until it becomes its own thing. Yeah. But yoga is 
crazy good and it can get uh, super intense if, oh, you, yeah. if you want it to. So, you know, I'm definitely in the very much baby yoga phase myself and I... I'd never finish a set and I'm like, well, that was a waste of time. I'm always like, yeah, this was worth it. I do remember in one of the videos I did, I think it was on Friday, uh, Adrian went into Crow's pose and she made sure to preface that, like, you don't have to do this oh, if you Crow. really yeah. can't. And like, or, and, and, and a lot of people can't. And she says like, oh, if this is in your practice, this is what's your, what you're working towards. This is a good time to try it. If not, just do this position instead. Um, and I'm just like looking at her and she's literally lifting herself up in the air with her forearms. And I'm just thinking, how does one get to that point? It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's more of a balance. Do crow's pose. It's, yeah, it's more balance. Yeah, it's easy to yeah. do crow's pose because it's I not mean, like a strength thing. It's, unless you you're have just like balance, Mason. Exactly. You're resting on your bones more than like actually using your muscles to lift yourself up. But you do need a lot of core strength in order to lift up your legs in the first place. I mean, yeah, getting into the position is probably harder than maintaining it, but that's um, it's uh, life goals, baby. <laughs> yeah. One, one thing that's definitely a little bit hard for me is balance, especially since I don't have a yoga mat. Um, well, I do, but it's not here. I need to go back to my sister's house and get it. But yeah, so I've been doing it on the carpet of my, you know, of my room. And for whatever reason, I've always done yoga with socks on. And I only just started like, maybe I should not put on socks because I keep on slipping on this carpet with these socks. And uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, and, you get into a nice, you get to a nice warriors too. And it just keeps on getting wider and wider. You're like, I know, no, it's stop, like, I can, stop. <laughs> I can't do splits. Don't make me. <laughs> yeah. So that got a little, um. Risky. Oh, yeah. So at some points I do just kind of have to stop and then reset my position. Um, but yeah, so hopefully this becomes a somewhat regular thing, but we shall see. Another thing that I was doing yesterday was cleaning out my computer because I have a ton of stuff on there I need to just get out of there. And I wanted to tell you guys this story because it was, it was honestly... Um, it, was, it was funny looking back on it, but man, was I pissed when I was... Um, in this particular moment. So I'm going through all these videos on my computer and a lot of them were videos that I put together for my Chinese language class back in college. And you know, at the end of the semester, you have to do this whole skit video with a partner and you, know, you edit together and you present it to the class. Uh, and for whatever reason, nobody wanted to be my partner. I'm at the top of the class. Everybody knew that. And nobody wanted to be my partner. I would it's be your partner. Thank you, Mitsugi. But yeah, nobody did, and I still don't know why. Then the only person left over was this one guy. I can't even remember his name, but let's just call him, I don't know, uh, Christian or something. So Christian, uh, I didn't really know much about him at first, but when I go up to the teacher to put our names down, because he's literally the only person left over, my teacher tried to convince me to do this project by myself, and I didn't know why at the time. But now I do. <laughs> so so she even knew how bad this guy was going to be as a partner. And so I didn't understand why at the time I thought it'd be way much, way too hard just to do this whole skit thing on my own. So I started the project with him and automatically I knew how bad it was. Like, because we wrote this script with the help of a friend who knew Mandarin. All right, he's Chinese. So like he helped yeah. us out with the script. But we were using all these phrases and terms that were not even in our course yet. Uh, and so initially the script looked really good, 
But then I realized just how bad this guy was at even knowing the basics of Mandarin. So I took it upon myself to change the entire script to simple terms that we should know by now. And here we are trying to put this video together. It's taking forever. And I'm looking through these videos on my computer. I reached to one video, which I kind of forget about, like <laughs> that this ever actually happened. And I am so pissed off because I've been, we've been doing this for hours. My camera's battery is dying. And I'm just like, we have got to get this done. And I'm telling, I'm, <laughs> he is complaining the entire time because this was not my idea. We should have gone with the original script. I'm like, the original script would have been a hundred times worse. What are you talking about? And I am just so pissed off. I am, I am digging into him, tearing him apart. I never talked to people in the way that I talked to him. And man, that was the one video I kept <laughs> on my computer. Because it is kind of funny watching it back. <laughs> so did you get rid of that or did you save it? No, I got rid of all the others. That's the one I kept. Gotcha. The, the one to remind you of, oh, I remember back in high school when I just had this college. terrible, <laughs> or college, yeah, terrible uh, partner experience. Yeah. I even remember sending my teacher the video and I even t said, listen, this is not my best work. You know what my best work is. I've already showed you another video last semester that was 10 times better. But yeah, this one is this one's a doozy. <laughs> Luckily, I was like, my grade was great. I could have flunked the entire video and still passed. But you should have just <laughs> taken him down with you. <laughs> no, no. Like, I, I, I pride myself in grades and stuff, so I wanted it to be the best it could be. But, yeah, it's... I'm, I wonder where he is now, because I doubt it's anywhere great. <laughs> Are you one of those curve killers, Caroline, that everyone's like, hiss, hiss? Yeah, probably. Although it was really hard for me to understand how anybody was flunking that Chinese class because my teacher gave us every single opportunity to do well in that class. She offered everyone to make a cheat sheet for themselves for every quiz and test. The only thing is that they could not have any English on there. So any like like pinyin characters they could use, just no English. And I think that was that is like the game-breaking detail in all our quizzes and tests. Anybody could pass that with that on their side. I didn't use any of them because if you didn't use a cheat sheet, you get uh, extra credit. And that's why my grade was so great, because I never used one, and it, I was actually decent at it. So uh, cheat sheet? It literally, yeah, yeah. And I honestly cannot even understand how anybody could have flunked that class, but this guy probably almost did. Well, why don't you say something to us in Mandarin? Well, it's hard to do off the top of my head. Um, okay. I've also I'm also been a little bit out of practice. I have I learn on an app, but I don't really speak all that often. Oh, I see. I was never really good with tones either. So. All right. Well, we gotta tell people to shape up, be better partners. Yeah, shape up, cause I need a partner. Where do we go from that here, guys? That can get me a good grade. Caroline wants straight A's, people. Help her out. I do. Well, I'm already graduated, so it really does not matter anymore. <laughs> True enough. Uh, Caroline, do you have anything else, or should we hop over to no, Mason? That, that's it. Let's hop to Mason. Sorry, Mason. 
gonna smoke. Mason's well. been reading. He's a good boy. Oh, you're good. He's a. I've been reading books, and if you're like, oh, yeah. Mason, I'm sick of the books. Well, good news. This is the last installment of books for a little while. Just because <laughs> the next book I'm gonna read is probably gonna take uh, <laughs> a couple weeks, so we uh, will have to fill up the hobby addicts with something else. But yeah, I. Uh, read slash listened to two audiobooks this week. And, you know, after some of the uh, more intense stuff recently, like blindness and stoner, all this boring literature, I, I decided to take it easy and go with two kind of quirky, fun, fluffy books to uh, ease, ease the old noggin a bit, you know, relax a little bit more than be mentally stimulated. So the first one I read was actually an audiobook called Nothing to See Here. Uh, it's 2019, about 300 pages done by Kevin Wilson. And this is in the like magical realism genre. Hmm. And it was a bit quirky, you know, not too long. And it tells the story of this, uh, <laughs> you know, similar to Carolyn's situation, uh, tells the story of someone who found themselves in school and you know maybe was paired with a partner who was not quite up to snuff you're kidding this is and the plot of the book i'm stretching the relationship here but uh the the partner comes from a hyper wealthy family uh and they discovered that uh this person's partner maybe uh maybe broke some rules and <laughs> using their vast finances kind of bribed the main character's mom to have her daughter, the main character, take the blame and kind of get kicked out so that this wealthy character could keep on living, whatever. Anyway, they grow up like kind of spiteful, like, oh, I was in this great school system. I was living my dreams and I got kicked out because money like bought out my family, all grumpy pants, whatever. But the the uh, the wealthy student who went on and stayed in school, ended up becoming kind of famous, the wife of a famous politician, and kind of never forgot the good deed that the, the main character named Nora performed for her, even though it was against her will. And when she finds out that the kids of her husband from a previous marriage, uh, essentially, they're, they're a little bit strange which is to say that they spontaneously burst into flames whenever they get agitated. Wow. That's like which, literally? Uh, yeah, like literally just straight up start burning and like oh, setting wow. off everything. Now, these kids aren't hurt when they do this, but everything that gets close to them obviously uh, gets charred and feels the pain. And essentially this politician is trying to become higher up in the government and they kind of need to keep these fire children under wraps. So... This, our main character is kind of contracted by her old quote-unquote friend to come look after these kids, kind of be their nanny, their governess, and just kind of keep them entertained and out of sight while this politician is doing his, his big run-up. And of course, this character has no experience caring for children and no formal training in any sort of manner. And it's kind of just their summer adventures of her kind of dealing with these just back alley, backwater kids with bowl cut haircuts who just light on fire all the time. What? And <laughs> so it was 
It was pretty funny. It was well-read by Marin Ireland, who kind of aids in the humor by having these, like, southern accents. And it was just a really easy listen. It oh, very much gets into... Right, yeah. yeah, so, you know, she... It, it, was, it was a good time. It was, like, roughly a seven-hour listen. And, you know, obviously gets into themes of not so much motherhood, but, like, finding purpose in the world when you're kind of spiteful against it, dealing with just a ridiculous problem, dealing with, like, wealth and the relationship and disconnect it has with uh, the quote-unquote common folk and what it means to just find, like, a sense of family, even if kids just fucking turn into firecrackers on a dime. So <laughs> it was it was called Nothing to See Here, and it was pretty good. It, it was a little bit lacking in substance, so like strongly recommend, but it'd be, it's it's pretty PG and it was a uh, it was kind of fun. So that was the first one I listened to, and then the second one was called Take a Hint, Danny Brown, uh, written by UK-based Talia Hibbert, uh, and this is more of just like a pure adult romance venture. Now I've never read any romance novels before; it's not my mm. usual mo. But, you know, I was like, I, I got to try some new stuff. Got to mix it up. So the story stars the titular Danny. Oh, who when hearing about, Yeah, exactly. When hearing about it, I assumed uh, Danny was this clueless main character who was a male. But it turns out Dan with an Danny with an I, Danica, is a black PhD student who is bisexual and very relationship adverse. She is someone who is all about... You know, I want to get my tenureship. I want to pursue my, like, uh, what is it? Like, what's the word for when you work in a professional, like, advancement? Like, that's her MO. So she's like, I don't have time for relationships. Like, I like just a career want. Like a career lady? Yeah, yeah, exactly. She wants just a no, string, no strings attached, like, sexual partner to, like, take care of her physical needs and just, like, leave all that other stuff to the side and she kind of prays at the altar of oshun kind of her goddess to in no uncertain terms give her a uh, a sex buddy we'll say it like that and all signs point her in the direction of grouchy security guard aka this pakistani ex-rugby player who is a big time romantic by the name of zafir and it kind of jumps back and forth between their point of views and each are kind of giving their sense of what it takes to make relationship work with her being very anti-relationship and him being like, oh, I love romance. And essentially there's these big like m Twitter misunderstandings that kind of fuel them to pretend to be in a fake relationship for the good of like some charitable work Zephyr is doing. And of course it's the whole, oh, let's just pretend to be in a relationship and then it becomes a real relationship sort of story so it's kind of plays by the book but it's 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 a fun time and while i am not a massive stack house of a man or from the same cultural <laughs> oh, background on, as zaf it's, it's very interesting because i read this and i listened to the audiobook i kind of switched in between it's very odd when you're at the gym as i was listening to a romance audiobook and in that audiobook, the strong male character is listening himself to romance audiobooks. And it was like, oh no, we're getting way too deep with this. Uh, I will say this book was a lot more adult 
than I had expected. Because I just went online and I'm just like, good audio books. And someone's like, yeah, this is a good romance book. So I'm like, sure, fine. Like, no expectations. But there is definitely, like, some intense moments where they talk about, like, pulsating privates. Oh, and other bodily shit. reactions to the sensations. Pulsa- like what, Pulsating privates? It's, like, it gets way, it gets intense. Like, sometimes there's, like, tucked away pockets of intimacy. But there's also, like, some chapters that are just, like, 20 minutes of detailed, like, experiences of their like first time together and i was like oh boy this is i kind of scrubbed ahead in the reading because i uh didn't a really need to listen to that and b like in public that's not the best thing you want to be listening to so besides all that i i (laughs) i haven't read any romance books to compare it to but i would think if you're a fan of it uh it's worth going to Probably, probably so, a good call to skip through that stuff in public because you you don't want yeah. you don't want to get yourself a Jimmy. I mean, if, listen, when you're at the gym, your blood needs to be going to certain places and, <laughs> and some not, <laughs> and not other places. So uh, I don't know. I guess I enjoyed it. I don't really see the appeal for it, but it was you know well written, good representation, good moments of clever like realistic writing and it was kind of sweet and if you i guess yourself are romantic it's scratches that itch but i i think i'm gonna flee back to my usual weird books after this and see how that how that goes so that was my uh reading adventures all right well well have i mean you guys is it really, ever read is, is it really a reading book? is it really reading if you're listening to it no, and I definitely will say both of these I liked more as an audiobook than the the written book. I think both of the narrators did a good job and brought like a flavor to the text that I uh, hadn't given it when I was giving it a shot. So both of these I definitely would recommend in their audio form. And it was nice because with all the driving I've been doing recently to like Otakon and to work more often it was a nice way to fill the time but I, yeah i don't know if i'd call it reading a book in the same way yeah that's kind of what i used to do during high school when i'd get behind on reading and i'd be like oh shit i can't read this whole book in one week i just get like the audio book and drive around in the car or something and listen to it but i don't know reading never was like a passion of mine so during school i usually i usually had to um, like ration out the amount of reading I needed to accomplish every day just to keep up, and it became pretty ridiculous at certain points. And you know, where you're reading like 75 pages a night, <laughs> like you gotta be shitting me, like cut me some fucking slack. But and now you have a hobby where you watch shows where you need to read all the time, <laughs> unless the dub yeah. is out. <laughs> yeah, except it doesn't quite add up. But all right, <clears throat> well, thank you, Mason. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, and and the book talk. No, no more of that stupid word time. Well, speaking of stupid, I watched a movie last night that was horrendous. Um, starring Seth Rogen. Um, I did not choose this movie. I will say, I'm gonna look it up on IMDb. It can't have more than a four on here. It's like, uh, was it the interview? No, it was not. I've seen that. Um, I've seen that. See. That movie's pretty old. This movie's 2020. Oh, this is new Seth Rogen. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's got a 5.7. That's better than I thought. It's called An American Pickle. It was on HBO Max. 
We watched well, him last night. We, we ate some edibles. We ordered some Chinese food. And everybody sat in my living room and we watched this fucking terrible movie. And, and uh, boy, that Chinese food. We have a Chinese restaurant near us that is unbelievable. I mean, it is, it's hands down the best Chinese food I've ever had. And I think I've eaten it like a, a, ton, a shitload of Chinese places. But this movie is about, it stars Seth Rogen. And he's like this, um, I, I'm not really sure what country he's from, but he's, he's, he's a Jewish guy and he's like, he's in Europe somewhere and he's, you know, this is set in like the late 1800s maybe. And, and he and his wife decide they want to go to America cause they want to have like a better life. And they're fed up with like, I guess the Russians or something. He, the, he, he calls them the Cossacks. I don't really know what, what, what country that is. I think it's Russia. And, um, he goes to America and he gets a job at a pickle factory where he is like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil too much here. So I'm going to stop fairly early on the plot line. Not that I think anybody should really watch this, but he's like, he's, he just like smashes rats and shit in the factory because Ugh. they'll give him like 10 cents for every 10 rats he kills or some crap. And at some point he falls into the pickle into the, into the pickle like bat vat from like a high up place um, like almost like two face or one of those is it two face or the joker that falls into the stuff I can't uh two face that's probably how we got his second face <laughs> so two face falls into the so it's the same thing so this is like a, a, a basically just a bat a vat of like vinegar and, and and salt and pickles and right as he falls in the the foreman comes through and he says well the factory has been condemned you're all y'all gotta go home so they close the factory down and they leave him in the pickles and he stays there for a hundred years because uh, because pickles how pickle pick, technology works yeah because pickles can preserve you it's like ridiculous and um he wakes up in like 2021 as a person that you know is from like 1920 or whatever he doesn't know anything and like all Does he, he wants smell to like do vinegar what's that does he constantly smell like vinegar uh, now? I don't know. They they made a couple jokes about how he must be really thirsty, but they moved on from that pretty fast. But the the uh, all he wants to do is go visit his like family grave grave plots because like that's where his wife is buried now because because she's dead and their kid is dead and everybody's dead because he's you know been transported a hundred years in the future and he. They like the the area of the graveyards in like total disrepair because it's like under a highway and there's like, and right as he gets there, they're putting up a billboard like right above where his family's graves are and it's a billboard for vodka and he's pissed off because he hates the Cossacks or whatever the fuck. What the hell is a Cossack? I I, have, I think I it's like a Russian, a, a group, group of, of like Russian people. A group of predominantly East Slavic Orthodox Christian people. Okay, whatever, and. And it's just like this goofy movie about how he's trying to like raise money to buy the billboard so he can cut it down, and you know they just go through like these these ridiculous chain of events that that could never happen. And and he and his only living re- this is important his his only living relative in modern day is this guy, I think his name's Ben, and he is also played by Seth Rogen. So for half the movie, Seth Rogen's like talking to himself, <laughs> a la like like Eddie Murphy or one of these like yeah. You know what I mean? What's up with like comedies that always try to cast like Adam Sandler as Adam Sandler and and like another character? It's just like a nightmare. 
I can't know. help but like think that someone watched the Rick and Morty episode with Pickle Rick and said, yeah, let's do that, <laughs> but in a movie. Well, so, you know, we watched this movie and it was it was pretty bad the whole time. Whose and, idea was it? Uh, I was talking it to my dad. It was not Mitz's. That's the important no, thing. not mine. I was talking to my dad about, I wanted to watch Now She Give the Valley of the Wind. Um, my, uh, <laughs> my, I was talking to my dad about fantasy football and, and the ladies decided while I was... Um, you know, predisposed. So this movie ended, and then we went straight to Beverly Hills Cop because neither of them had seen it. And then Beverly Hills Cop ended up like not being as much of a comedy as I remember. So we turned that off, and then Pancake passed out because that's what happens when you eat edibles. And and I was like, you know what, we should watch. Oh, I put on Cable Guy first, and then and then she passed out. And Cable Guy is an insane movie. <laughs> I love it, but it's it's not as dumb as the pickle movie. But comedy really has changed a lot. Like like back in the day, like Beverly Beverly Hills Cop is considered a comedy, and so is the cable guy. But these movies are like more plot heavy and they're more like I feel like comedies now and and I could be wrong, but I feel like comedies now, like these Seth Rogen movies or whatnot, they're very slapsticky. Like they're very dumb. Like the pickle movie could not be more intelligent than Elf. There's no way it was. And it's just like one joke after another, like boom, boom, boom. Every five seconds is a joke, and it's always a dumb joke. And I'm okay with that because it's just a dumb movie. But then you watch like Beverly Hills Cop or Cable Guy, which is, you know, which is a movie from the from the mid from the mid '80s and in the mid '90s, and they're just totally different. Like they these play more like just movies with plot lines where like funny stuff happens, but it's not like the point of the movie is the funny stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get you. But I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but The Cable Guy, I haven't seen that in a while. That movie's fucking insane. Jim Carrey is out of his goddamn mind in that movie. He, I've like, never seen this movie. I mean, it is fucking wild. I've never even heard of any of these movies that you have been talking You've about. You've never heard of Beverly Hills Cop? I, I've heard of it, but I don't even know what that's about. Bum, bum, a cop bum, in Beverly Hills. Oh, is that where that song's from? Yeah, that's so good. That I mean that we should have watched that, but they got bored. And um, no, I mean there's like a scene in, in the cable guy where in the in the beginning when he comes in and he's trying to figure out where to put the guy's like cable plug in the wall, and he's literally like making love to the wall in the house. Like he's like stroking it and like licking it and and like like rubbing it and, and like working his fingers like he's like playing with some girl's like you know pussy or whatever. And he <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, baby, that's the spot. The movie is fucking nuts. Like you have to see it like to believe movie. it, but. Uh, it's it's got Matthew Broderick in it. You know, Cable Guy's from 1996. You know, most people people either like this movie or they think it's fucking ridiculous, at least stupid, um, and like hate it. But I'm on the side that I think I like this movie pretty well. I think it's one of Jim Carrey's like funnier movies. Uh, but that's about it. I don't I don't really I I've, I've been trying to watch Total Recall too, which is like an old Schwarzenegger movie, but I keep falling asleep. <laughs> And that movie's fucking crazy also, but in a different way. <clears throat> Schwarzenegger's so good. Um, that's about it. Lots of little stuff this week. I, I it's gonna be a while before I pick up like a new I might buy Hades, we'll see, but I'm not really sure. I still gotta play like Hollow Knight and stuff. But Hollow yeah. Knight Hollow Knight has not grabbed me the way I was promised. So we'll have to see. It's okay. Still early. Or just save it for the the fall when things get a little more dreary. And the atmosphere hits a little bit harder. 
You see, Mason, when you said wait for the fall, I thought initially you were talking about the fall of society. Seriously, oh, yeah. that's what well, I thought too. you were saying. That's not that far wait, off. Th- wait till autumn. Yeah. Wait, that makes wait till the vernal <laughs> equinox. I really don't know why that's why my brain went to that place. <laughs> I feel like society I'm could like, fall well, I think anywhere. the fall society came last year. I feel like I feel like society could collapse at any moment. Okay, well, I guess we should call it's, it here. It's we, actually because not the vernal equinox. That's spring. What am I talking about? Don't listen to me. Get with the program, Mason. Come on, rookie mistake. All right, we got to call it here. This is a long hobby addicts. Um, because we got another podcast to do. So we'll see you guys then. Thank you so much for contributing to the podcast. Tell a friend. Tell them how great we are. And we'll see you next week. Peace out. Bye-bye. Catch you on the flip side. See ya.